This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. Future Talk. Future Talk. With Omiyal Saleh and Hany Balkis on Pulse 95. Good afternoon and welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse95. It is a great afternoon in the Pulse95 studios, A, because it is the beginning of a brand new month. September has laid its uh, well-beings to our lives yes. and we're excited to be celebrating yet another month with you all. But it's a great day right here in the Pulse95 studios for another reason and that reason being... Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Happy birthday! Thank you so much, uh, Omnia. Hani Balqis has uh, aged one more year. Yes, indeed, I have. Still young. <laughs> Still young, hopefully. I, ho- I, f- I don't feel a difference. You don't feel a difference? I don't feel a difference They yet. always ask you, do you feel one year older? I, I don't feel one year older and I don't feel my age. You don't feel at your all. age? Even, even before this birthday, I feel like I'm 18 still. Oh, oh, God. Yes. Well, it's nice to be... It's nice I feel to always young. feel young. I feel young. young. I, don't, I don't feel my age. That's a good thing. It's good to always feel like you're still living your childhood. Yes, well, thank you so or much, Omnia, for, for, for the happy birthday song. <laughs> it, did, it did get me a little bit excited. Well, happy birthday to everyone who is celebrating with Hani as well on the 1st of September. But right here on Future Talk, we have lots and lots to share with you all about everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and around the world. Yes, Omnia, we're also going to be celebrating... How TikTok has reportedly chosen a buyer and could announce a deal to sell it to the U.S. business as early as tomorrow. So TikTok has finally chosen a buyer. And who will accumulate TikTok and use the use uh, use TikTok in the U.S.? Well, finally, TikTok drama is about to come to an end and I could not be more excited for that. But right here in the UAE, we're going to be telling you about robot security guards that are circulating malls in the UAE, making sure that everyone is following all the precautionary measures in terms of social distancing and always sanitizing their hands. Yes, Omni, 100% now. Uh, it's, it's crazy now that we have robot security guards, and I'm really interested, to, uh, excited to talk about this story. But also, Omnia, we have an interview today. Yes, indeed. A very special guest is coming on to Future Talk to tell us more about the Epi Shuttles. Now, we've talked about the Epi Shuttles multiple times before. They are basically capsules or pods that are being used to transport severe cases of COVID-19 patients. And joining us today is the CEO of EpiGuard, Ellen Catherine Anderson, who's going to be telling us more about how did EpiShuttles even begin? Because a lot of us tend to think that they actually were born with the COVID-19 virus, but they have existed long before that. And how are they actually helping healthcare professionals and protecting them from contracting the coronavirus? Lots and lots is in store right here on Future Talk. So keep Pulse 95 locked. And we'll be right back. Pulse 95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Ladies and gentlemen, I need a drum roll from everyone in their car. Start tapping on your steering wheel, <laughs> tapping on your dashboard. Do some tapping wherever you are because... Would this work? This is okay. This is clapping. I want some tapping, like a drum roll. Because Oh, I like that. I like the enthusiasm, Omnia, because TikTok has finally chosen a buyer and could announce a deal to sell U.S. business 
as early as tomorrow. Now, we have been having a lot of TikTok drama lately right here in the world. And a lot of drama has been going on, especially when it does come to TikTok, as a lot of as the, President Donald Trump did ban the sell the sale of TikTok and not the sale did ban the use of TikTok in the US and the data in the US as well. Now, TikTok has found a buyer for its US operations and could announce the deal as early as tomorrow. Now, TikTok's Chinese parent company ByteDance has a matter of weeks to sell US business before a Trump executive order does ban the app and it does go into full effect. But the company is weighing a joint bid from Microsoft and Walmart as well as an offer from Oracle. So Microsoft in the beginning they did announce that they do want to buy TikTok and Walmart which is a a, a shopping company yeah, type it's like of a it's a shopping brand it's like retail, Carrefour it's a retail, retail store. store like Carrefour right here in the UAE also wants to buy my uh, to buy TikTok so Microsoft and Walmart teamed up together and said hey we're going to pay some money and we're going to obtain TikTok and Oracle as well wants to buy TikTok but Oracle is kind of in that digital technology business mm -hmm. and Walmart saying they want to go in and buy it as well kind of raises a question what how does a retail store know how to handle social media. Well, another thing that adds to the whole drama is the fact that the former CEO, Kevin Mayer, who actually recently uh, decided to resign, was signaling that a deal could be eminent whenever he resigned from the company. So he definitely did tease that we could finally have a resolution to the TikTok ordeal coming in very soon. Mm -hmm. Now, the team from TikTok left definitely declined to comment on whether or not this news is actually accurate, but everything shows that the TikTok drama is definitely hopefully mm -hmm. going to be coming to an end. Yes, Omnia, and they're looking around $20 billion to $30 billion to buy TikTok. Now, mm -hmm. TikTok originally did state that they would sell it for $50 billion, and I made a theory and assumption around three weeks ago or four weeks ago when plans of buying TikTok was coming into effect, mm -hmm. and I told Omnia, $50 billion is not going to be the selling price. They're throwing it up high so they can shoot down low to their accurate Ooh. price. So, as I said, $15 to $30 billion, and that is the price range we're looking at, at right now. Now, to see a joint bid from Microsoft and Walmart as the strongest offer to buy TikTok, mm -hmm. which is also weighing an offer from Oracle. And listen, Omni, I didn't know if you know this, but there was also another potential buyers, not buyer, buyers, who have been rumored in recent weeks. So we're talking about Netflix, Apple, and Alphabet. So we had a lot so we had a lot of key Everyone. players that want to buy TikTok. And because Omnia, I'm telling you, TikTok is profitable. Yes, it's very of course. profitable. And it's, it has definitely and gained a lot of traction over the past few months. So it's understandable why everyone wants a slice of the cake. And Omnia, TikTok has so much power on social media, influencing power, marketing power. I can see it in a way, Omnia. This is your key to opening up the marketing door when we're talking about kids and young teens. Because the only way to get through these kids and young teens is not on TV anymore. It's not mm. on Nickelodeon. It's not on Disney Channel. It's through TikTok. So if you're going I to agree. market mm. on TikTok for kids under the age of 18, or let's even go all the way to 25, mm. 
you're going to your product is going to sell. Now, I agree with you to an extent, but I also feel like uh, what I've been recently hearing from social media influencers in general is the fact that TikTok is not safe and that people should consider going for YouTube. That's TikTok, a, TikTok is not safe in what sense? It's not safe in terms of privacy. privacy? It's not safe in terms of where its future is heading. Um, and we also, I also did hear a few days ago that China was actually planning to sell all of TikTok if it actually, uh, if the existence of its TikTok US was threatened. So there's even, so much. Even, even better, Omni, I'll tell you why. Because under US management, mm-hmm. there's a lot of laws and protocols that they cannot bypass. Yeah. And if they do or do that, Omnia, they will have lawsuits through the roof. Mm. And then in, in tally, a lot of people will, uh, will, will ban, a lot of government, I think the government in general, mm-hmm. would ban them. But 4215, let us know, what do you think about Walmart and Microsoft being that potential buyer and buying TikTok? Yes, indeed. Let us know your thoughts. But let's move on to talk a little bit about our robot friends. Right here in the UAE, robot security guards are being deployed to help make sure that everyone is implementing social distancing whenever they are shopping at malls. And we've Mm -hmm. seen this in the capital of the UAE, in Abu Dhabi, but we've also seen it in different Emirates because robot security guards are definitely on the patrol to help keep all of those shoppers safe. Um, What we've seen is two robots who are actually equipped with surveillance and thermal cameras. So they've been roaming the floors of these malls, making sure that everyone's temperature is within the regular range, but also keeping an extra eye, if we may to say, uh, for the cybersecurity team who were also monitoring uh, the mall and are present in the security rooms, making sure that Mm. all of the safety measures are implemented, especially because of the surge in cases that we've been seeing in the past uh, few weeks. Yes, I'm near 100% correct in recent weeks and recent days. Actually, yesterday was the highest tally Mm -hmm. that we've got in the last seven weeks. But in addition to just not catching people wearing face masks and testing shoppers' temperature, these mall machines or mall security guards can also serve as a mobile customer care agent. So mm-hmm. they can tell you, hey, where is, for example, the Apple store? Yeah. They will tell you where to go. Do you know that they all of the machines or the... Like the information centers, the self-information yes. centers have been disabled because, mm-hmm, because they're of touch, t- their touch screen. Yeah. And not only that, Omnia, mm-hmm. now when we talk about technology and robots in general, mm-hmm. we're talking about how they limit human contact, yeah. which is an effort to stem the spread of coronavirus. Now, the mall has actually already cut direct inf- interaction with customer care agents. So, mm-hmm. you know those kiosks in the yes. mall, Omnia, where you would have a man or a woman sitting there waiting if you need customer service. They Mm -hmm. have disbanded that. And instead, shoppers can actually find an iPad at the information desk and speak to an agent through video conferencing. Oh, wow. So So completely removing that human-to-human interaction. And you you don't even have to touch the iPad. You you have the iPad set up in that kiosk. All you have to do is, hello. Yes, how are you? Where is McDonald's? Now, that's comforting because I I actually thought that all of those agents were losing their jobs. But all mm. that's happening is basically limiting the number of human guards and the interaction that is happening between them and the customers. Now, during COVID-19, these robots were also serving as thermal cameras. But now, as we've mentioned, they're keeping an eye on all those who are either not wearing yes. their masks properly or forgetting to wear their masks 
every pair of robots are fitted with seven cameras each. So they have a face recognition feature and intercom devices. So if they catch you not wearing your mask, the control team that are actually looking over the shoulders of those robots will be able to find out exactly who you are. And also, I mean, these robots can be remotely controlled from the operations room or even yeah. pre-automated. So these robots can also be controlled by a human. Mm-hmm. But I mean, introducing these robots, Omni, is also one of the big pre-measures and precautionary measures that the UAE has been taking to combat the spread of COVID-19. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it is amazing what kind of technology we can use and how we can use robots to defend ourselves and defend the public against COVID-19. Absolutely. And a lot of people may be wondering, you know, how do those robots uh, make sure they don't bump into human beings or bump into, let's say, the wall? How can they ensure that they're walking in the right lane? Well, they're definitely equipped with sensors that can allow them to avoid bumping into people and objects. So introducing such robots is definitely making the UAE on. A pedestal in comparison to other countries when it comes to fighting COVID-19 by deploying technology. Now, the mall has also deployed a security guard with a camera strapped on his chest so that he can interfere in the case of emergencies. So I'm glad that human beings are not losing their jobs. Their jobs are just getting a little bit modified. Mm, yes, indeed, Omnia. We always talk about when we have technology, Omnia, that doesn't mean jobs are going bye-bye. But <laughs> instead, Omnia... They're being modified, just like you said. Yes, indeed. Now, speaking of COVID-19, we're going to be talking about the epi-shuttle that has definitely been deployed in ambulances, Mm -hmm. in many hospitals that are ensuring that COVID-19 patients, especially severe cases, are transported very safely. And we're going to be speaking to Ellen Catherine, who is uh, the CEO of EpiGuard, the company that is actually sending out those epi-shuttles to the world. Reminds me of the EpiPen. Oh, yes. Yes, every time I hear EpiGuard or EpiShuttle, I remember the EpiPen. (laughs) So we're going to be speaking to her. And we know that EpiShuttles have have become a part of many hospitals right here in the UAE. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pulse95. Pulse95. Future Talk with Omni Al-Saleh and Hany Balkis on Pulse95. COVID-19 has definitely changed our lives in different aspects, whether it was the way we work or even the way hospitals tend to function. And with that has come us deploying different Mm. forms of technology to help adapt to the changes that we have been going through. And today we're talking about a revolution in patient transport, a single patient isolation system that has the potential to protect COVID-19 patients and healthcare professionals, and one that is currently being used in many hospitals right here in the UAE, and that is the EpiShuttle. Now, joining us today to tell us more about the EpiShuttle is the CEO of of EpiGuard that is manufacturing the secure isolation capsules, Ellen Catherine. Welcome to the show, Ellen. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, Ellen. Yes, now let's kickstart off this conversation talking about what is the EpiShuttle? Well, it is, as you said, uh, the EpiShuttle is a single patient isolation uh, and transport system. And the innovation is an isolation stretcher that ensures the safe transport of contagious patients. And the safety of the healthcare professionals is one of the main uh, aspects that we have uh, focused on Mm -hmm. using a negative pressure mode. Mm -hmm. 
can also use the um, Ever Shuttle in positive pressure to protect vulnerable patients from surroundings, like for instance, bone marrow transplant patients or burn victims. Mm -hmm. But I think the most common use is for infectious patients and to ensure safe transport. Mm -hmm. Now, the capsule is currently being used to, as you mentioned, transport severe cases of COVID-19 in an ambulance to the hospital. So how does the design of the pod itself uh, allow for intensive care treatment or if need be an emergency procedure that, let's say, a paramedic would have to do on the patient? I think it's very important to emphasize that the uh, healthcare professionals uh, transporting these patients using the Epper Shuttle has received proper training, mm-hmm. and we offer also training uh, when we uh, deliver the air shuttles because it's important to be um, very well organized and plan the transport well. Yeah. And um, there are medical ports. Um, you can see on my virtual background here, <laughs> it's, it's a green uh, lids and it's medical ports that the um, healthcare professional get access to the patients with gloves. Mm. And also in the head end, if they need to take care of the airways or do intubation, whatever. And also in the base uh, part of the epishuttle on the lower part here, you can see that it's um, a ventilator port. Mm. And on the other side, a medical port where you can uh, pull through hoses like pipe, uh, IV lines, um, uh, oxygen pipelines, uh, monitoring lines to get through so that you can prepare and and set up properly when you put the patient into the epishuttle. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Now, how does it actually prevent healthcare professionals from contracting COVID-19 and when they deal with these patients? Well, uh, first of all, it's completely sealed. Mm. It's uh, airtight and liquid tight uh, for COVID. The airtight is very important for Ebola and other hemorrhagic fever. It's also very important that it's, uh, you know, completely liquid tight. Yeah. And um, you cannot, you know, everything is tight and sealed. So um, that's one layer of protection. The second layer of protection is negative pressure. You can see on the end here that you have a blower and you have on the other hand uh, filters and you have also filters on the bottom end. And all the air going through goes through filters and being filtered out so that all particles or all infected uh, airs will go through the the filters and that makes the second layer of protection. Mm -hmm. Now, apart from being used in ambulances, uh, can these epishuttles also be used on airplanes or helicopters if a patient needs to be transferred uh, to another hospital? Yes, it it can, absolutely. And it has, in my opinion, it has, or our experience, it uh, has actually opened the possibility to fly these patients mm. um, because it's hard when pilots can't use personal protective equipment mm. uh, that you usually use when you are handling infectious patients. So to, to bring this uh, capsule on a helicopter or a airplane, you will be able to to protect the crew and the healthcare professionals helping. So it's opened uh, also the possibility to fly the patient. And mm. Particularly during this pandemic with COVID-19, we see hotspots and and the intensive care units are, you know, overloaded with patients, all beds taken. And it has been really important and have the opportunity to transport patients to other areas where there are available uh, access uh, for intensive care 
capacity. Mm. Uh, so that has been a really uh, important uh, thing about the airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, German airline uh, air ambulance company has uh, moved patients from France and Italy to Germany and Switzerland with the help of Epichat. That's amazing to hear. And coming up on Future Talk, we're also going to be telling you all about the different benefits that Epichatals have been bringing to healthcare facilities, whether it was saving resources or saving costs. Lots and lots is going to be coming up. If you have any questions for Miss Ellen, make sure you send them in at 4215-DO-IRTISALAT or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. Pulse 95. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omar Saleh and Hani Balkas on Pulse 95. Future Talk. The coronavirus has affected basically every angle of our life, whether it was communication, work, transport, and even in the medical field. Now, Omni and I have talked about the Epi Shuttle once or twice on the show, but today we have the advantage and privilege to talk with the CEO of EpiGuard that is manufacturing the secure isolation capsules, Ellen Catherine Anderson, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, Ellen, right before the break, we were talking all about the advantages that the EpiShuttle has brought to the healthcare industry, whether it was protecting the patients from COVID-19 or those who have been uh, infected with COVID-19, make sure that their treatment is being conducted in the safest way possible without, you know, making them subjected to other viruses as well. But it's also been protecting the healthcare professionals as well. So can you highlight with us how using such capsules has protected healthcare professionals from contracting COVID-19 whenever they're dealing with patients. Yes, uh, the safe transportation of contagious patients is challenging. Mm-hmm. With the epishuttle, the patient is absolutely isolated from the healthcare professionals that are doing the transport uh, and the environment. Uh, the airflow inside a helicopter, for instance, can easily cause virus to flow from the patient in the back of the helicopter and to the front to the pilots. And in a worst case, uh, case scenario, helicopter uh, transport, uh, the whole crew will put on ground after a transport like that. It is crucial that the helicopter crew stay healthy and avoid contamination. And only then we can maintain necessary readiness for extended period of time. If crew members become infected, an entire crew might be out of service and that will actually reduce the uh, preparedness capacity in in that service. Mm -hmm. So uh, particularly since it's completely airtight, uh, there will not come out any virus from the epishuttle. Mm -hmm. And also as a second layer of of protection, uh, we talked about it briefly earlier, is that uh, it's a blower pulling air through the epishuttle and all the air goes through filters. It's a negative pressure. So mm. even if it will be a tear in a globe or anything, all the air will go through the filters, not out of the tear in the globe or anything else that could happen. So all the openings that are found in the epishuttle also have a layer of filters on top of them. So no matter what happens within the shuttle itself, it's not going to be released uh, outside of it. No, that's correct. And it's also all the ports are double layers of seals on both sides. So it, they are completely tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Now, with every idea comes an inspiration behind it. And a lot of us may be wondering what inspired the concept of the Epi Shuttle? Is it the COVID-19 pandemic or has it existed long before then? 
Yes, the epicentre has existed much longer than the COVID-19 pandemic. It was um, the origin was a Norwegian uh, Ebola patient mm. uh, contracting Ebola in Sierra Leone mm. in 2014. She was traveling with Doctors Without Borders mm. when she contracted Ebola. And uh, the medical team receiving this patient back in Norway because she desperately wanted to travel back to Norway when she was ill. Mm. Uh, and the team receiving her at Oslo University Hospital, they reviewed the existing equipment and, and the isolation pod that she was transported in and saw that there were some lacks and particularly a, a big risk for the healthcare professionals mm. handling this transport. Mm. This young person was put into an earlier version of isolation pods, a soft top solution. Uh, with a couple of sleeping pills and some bottles of water mm. and left there and, and told that if anything were to happen, no one could help her because it was too high a risk for the healthcare professionals to actually treat her, treating her during transport. Mm. So that was quite a tough message to get for a young doctor that wanted to, to help saving the world and then uh, um, luckily get ill when she was out on a mission. Mm-hmm. Now talking about, I want to ask you, how does it actually reduce the need for disinfection in ambulances and how does this save time and most importantly save resources well uh, i think uh, most services the ambulance uh, capacity need to be up to speed all the time and mm. and if you uh, transport an infectious patient in an ambulance or even in a helicopter you need to disinfect properly afterwards I think what I've heard, it might be different from, from country to country and how, what kind of system I have, but two or three hours to get the ambulance uh, ready for, for new service. And then you, have, uh, you need to have backup uh, preparedness for that ambulance, for instance, and it will take, uh, require resources to do it. Uh, we also heard from experience from Denmark, when they need to disinfect the helicopter, they use several men for many hours to get inspe- disinfected the helicopter and also then need to get a backup uh, helicopter to, mm-hmm. to be able to fly on, on missions if anything happens in the period when you do the disinfection. So with using the EpiShuttle, you are certain that the uh, viruses or if it's uh, multi-resistant bacteria, so whatever kind of uh, pathogens that you are uh, suspecting the patient has, you will protect the helicopter and the environment from leakage. Mm-hmm. So that's the main uh, advantage there. And how does it? How long does it take for an epishuttle to be disinfected? Because as you mentioned, uh, an ambulance would take a lot more time to be disinfected. So that means we have less ambulances ready to be dispatched if an emergency case uh, were to happen. So how long would it take an epishuttle to be disinfected and what type of material would be needed uh, to disinfect it? Well, uh, it's very important to emphasize that I can only recommend the the documented procedure that we have in our user manual. Mm -hmm. And that is um, for hemorrhagic fever like Mm. Ebola, uh, highly infectious disease level four Mm. patients. And that takes approximately two and a half to three hours with Parasafe. But that is taking the whole thing apart, soaking and and putting Mm. it together again. What we've heard now from our post-market surveillance is that Mm. um, several of our customers have for COVID. They have uh, made their own uh, procedures how to handle this this disinfection after use. Um, 
which they have done in collaboration with their microbiologist in the hospital or the hygiene department in the hospital or the ambulance service that mm. they're working. So, but with a full disinfection cycle, it takes two and a half to three hours mm -hmm. to, to perform. But the advantage is that you can take it out and then you can either have a team that um, do just the disinfection part and the paramedics can go out with the ambulance or the helicopter afterwards directly afterwards without taking the vehicle out of service and then you can do the disinfection of the epicentral whenever you have the time or the possibility to do that mm -hmm. absolutely saving manpower but Amazing. also saving resources yes yeah. indeed and not disrupting service for ambulances and helicopters that's the main thing mm -hmm. exactly they'll always be ready yeah they'll always yeah. be ready for let's say a, a, a bigger emergency than transporting these uh, patients who have COVID-19 and uh, I, I like the idea of it all and I, I'm, I'm glad to see it being implemented right here in the UAE. Coming up on Future Talk, we're also going to be talking a little bit about how using the epishuttles have reduced the need for personal protective equipment. If you have any questions for Miss Ellen, the CEO of Epicard, make sure you send them in at 4215-DOR-ITISALAT or slide into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. Pulse 95. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omar Al Saleh and Hani Balkis on Pulse 95. Future Talk. COVID-19 has allowed us to trust technology more than we have ever done before. And this is exactly why today we're talking all about the Epi Shuttles. They have definitely been a lifesaver for many healthcare professionals, nurses and doctors, allowing them to stay safe while treating COVID-19 patients. And joining us today is the CEO of EpiGuard, Ellen Catherine, who's been telling us all about the importance of these secure isolation pods, how can they come in handy when it comes to protecting patients from contracting even more viruses in addition to the COVID-19? But also, how have they been protecting the healthcare professionals as they are putting their lives on the line? So, Ellen, welcome to the show once again. Uh, I just wanted to ask a little bit about, uh, we talked about the costs and how this EpiShuttle has mm. been very cost effective. But let's talk a little bit about how it's been helpful when it comes to resources. So, how has the EpiShuttle reduced the need for personal protective equipment? Well, experience from training shows that healthcare workers are at great risk of making mistakes when working with full protective gear. Mm -hmm. They get more easily exhausted and you can have fatigue. They get very warm. So single patient isolation units as such as the shuttle allow healthcare professionals to work and perform their necessary treatments mm -hmm. uh, of the patients uh, when wearing a minimum of protective gear. Because the, the capsule is completely sealed and tight, they can just wear minimum of personal protective and this improves the efficiency of the caretaker and especially during longer transports between countries and hospitals it's really exhausting to sit with full personal protective mm. equipment uh, inside an helicopter an ambulance and and to be able to work and it's also a risk when you are dressing down afterwards when you are uh, exhausted so to take care of the healthcare professionals, this is a good opportunity to use the Epi Shuttle for transport. Mm. Obviously. Now, what areas has it been used in already and what further use cases do you anticipate it for the future? For example, post-COVID-19. 
Well, what we see is that it has been used for ambulance services, ground and air ambulances. Mm. Particularly, a lot of air ambulances have implemented the Epi Shuttle now to uh, make sure that the, also the, the pilots and the crew of the helicopter are staying safe uh, during transport. But also it has been used for internal transport in, in hospitals, mm. you know, uh, to protect other patients, other healthcare professionals, and also to reduce the disinfection time for corridors and elevators and, and um, other rooms. So that's uh, important. It has been used in international organizations like WHO down in Congo. Mm -hmm. And it has been used for military medicine offshore clients that wants to, to avoid uh, shutting down the whole offshore installation and they are able to, to evacuate a contagious patient or suspicious contagious patients from the platform or the offshore installation quite fast uh, in order to, to avoid the spreading on the installation and also for shipping and cruise ships. Mm -hmm. For the future, uh, as you also asked about, uh, we see the use much more in mass gatherings, for instance, if you need to evacuate a lot of, uh, a lot of um, people from mass gatherings, big events where you have more than people coming from all over the world gathering, and that could be outbreaks or it can be uh, things that you need to, to isolate uh, one or many people from the rest of the, the, the crowd. So that's absolutely opportunity. Also, we see it from the tourism industry and it should also be a part of national plans for emergency readiness. It should be a part of internal transport in hospitals much mm -hmm. to a much greater extent uh, for other diseases, uh, particularly also in positive pressure to protect vulnerable patients like cancer patients with low immune system to be protected when they are transported uh, either between hospitals or within hospitals uh, for the surrounding and uh, the risk that they could be um, exposed to, to pathogens that they absolutely cannot take. So I think that's uh, an important uh, new um, use that should be huh. more. And also burn victims with big... Mm wounds and open wounds that should be protected from from uh, bacteria and stuff too so that's absolutely a lot of opportunity for the future absolutely now you mentioned um epi shuttles becoming a part of the tourism industry which i found if i'm not mistaken pretty interesting uh, so in what way do you think having this become a part of the tourism industry would deem beneficial for patients what we've seen uh, with this COVID uh, pandemic, for instance, we see a lot of cruise lines that yes. have had um, infected or suspicious infected patients on board and that you have to put the whole uh, ship in isolation and quarantine yeah. for a while. I think if you have a safe way to immediately isolate uh, a suspicious infected patient, for instance, a COVID patient immediately into an shuttle while you are figuring out how to transport this patient uh, ashore mm -hmm. and also to avoid um, getting it in contact with more uh, members of the crew on the ship or uh, other pa uh, passengers. That is an important uh, uh, opportunity to, to keep uh, cruise lines and, and uh, passengers safe. 
hundred percent. And I mean, we've seen a lot of patients, especially at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, who were in cruise ships. They were stuck. A lot of them were very vulnerable, but they had nowhere to go, no way to transport them. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly where the Epishuttle could have been a lifesaver. Thank you so much, Ellen, for joining us on Future Talk and letting us know a little bit more about what the Epishuttles are, the benefits they bring to the healthcare industry, but also to many COVID-19 patients. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for having me here. Yes, my pleasure. To everyone tuning in to us right now, thank you so much for lending us your ears for this hour. Future Talk is coming to an end, but we're going to be opening the airwaves for the Dream Team. Aisha Mazmi and Mikhail Atiyah will be giving you the latest on what is happening in the entertainment industry. So keep Pulse95 locked, and we'll see you tomorrow. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.